Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Marvel Cinematic University, the show where we talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe on movies and now television and everything in between. Well, there's really nothing else in between. It's only movies and television, but still, I'm on your host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Anthony Canton III. Anthony, how are you? I'm good. Transition week, and we get right back to it next, so this will be fun to kind of get a nice Absolutely. Jerome. Jerome Chang. Uh, I, I just realized I didn't say your whole name. Jerome Chang, how are you? Totally fine. Uh, I cannot tell if I'm disoriented from the loss of an hour or just not having an episode to watch this week. That's a good question. <laughs> Joining us yeah. as well, our good friend, your good friend, Stephanie Williams. Stephanie, how are you? I'm doing good. And yes, as you can tell by the title and by the fact we've tweeted about it like 17 times, this is a Q&A, a mailbag episode about WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and everything in between. Um, and cause you know, this is, we have a free week where we get to talk about this and we got a heart out at some point. So I'm just going to jump right into the questions if that's all right with all y'all. Okay. Let's do yeah, it. Go do it. All right. That so works. the first question comes Thank from, you everyone for sending in Oh questions. yes, absolutely. Yes. Of course. I'm going to thank Appreciate you to you individually. Uh, first question comes from Irv Dizzle at Irvy Wan Kenobi. Why did Wakanda release Vision's body to sword? How much did Shuri and T'Challa getting snapped potentially contribute to that? Uh, Steph, I want you to talk about this because I think that this is a complicated, not a complicated question, but it is a question that I hadn't considered until I saw this question. I think it's very interesting. One of two things. Uh, one, they let them take it um, because they were like, hey, this is white people business. Or mm-hmm. the second is, um, I don't know, like they were somehow able to like sneak in and get it because even though Tizcala and Shuri weren't there, um, Okio, I mean, Okoye was there. So maybe she wasn't around. That's like, I don't know. Cause then I'm not trusting Wakabi to be the one. You know what? That's why. Wakabi. Mm, okay. I think He's that that's the reason fair. why they have it. Yeah. Like, I, I guess, like, I didn't think about it until the question was asked just now. But I mean, obviously it gets brought to Wakanda Infinity War, but it wasn't. It wasn't technically Wakanda's at that point. They were just like the most equipped to work on it. Is that mm-hmm. how we treat that? No, well, like, I was thinking like because it was like one Wakandan property. Right, right. <laughs> but I mean, outside of that, but like yeah. they have no ownership over um, Vision. So yeah. I was just thinking in that I mean, regard. But you also I mean, have to wonder if there's some type of cleanup effort on the, for the battlefield of Wakanda and like whether or not that was all Wakanda doing it. Um, I just think that the, the short answer to the question is probably just that like, some combination of after half the entire population of the world was snapped away, there was enough chaos where whether they stole it or Wakanda gave it up. Like, I think the chaos of that happening is how it right. happened. You know what I mean? I yeah, that, I, I think sense. ultimately, like, I would have treated it like I never even thought there was a conversation around whether they needed to ask Wakanda to take it as much as like they were the cleanup effort. I also wonder if the remaining Avengers took him back because if we That's remember how Infinity War yeah. ended, um, probably. I mean, because yeah. even though, even though I don't, even though obviously I would much more trust Wakanda with it than Sword, it is it, it like Vision's body does not belong to Wakanda. I mean, it doesn't belong to Sword either, but it's not like like so. I, I don't think that it's crazy if you know it would just go uh, into the yeah. possession of whoever can take care of it whether it be a shield or a sword, I guess, at that point. Well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe the assumption is that sword is like, uh, you know, more on the up and up than what happened with the whole end yeah, of Yeah, Tony Stark Hydra. probably thought that sword was on the up and up because he's an idiot when it comes to stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. soul, but I mean, let's be honest. And he trusted them with it. I mean, <laughs> Tony Stark hacked uh, shield back in Avengers and somehow was not able to figure out any of the key information that affected him throughout all the following movies <laughs> like through point. Ultron through Civil War um I just yeah anyway I mean we've all skimmed a book before you know you might you you, you fail the test or you can't do it but the before. thing is like he doesn't need to read it right no, like Jarvis drops the ball or someone drops the ball at yeah. this point in terms of like, it, you know it was, it was all flags. in German yeah. it was all in German and uh you know Jarvis doesn't speak German because yeah. uh, Edwin Jarvis fought against him in the in World War II. That's probably not true. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, great question, Irv. Thank you for the question. Next up is a th- question from Zephyr Peeling. Pelling. I don't know if Zephyr is a nickname here because uh, I know it can be a first name. So I'm going to assume the person's name is Zephyr. If not, you should change your name to Zephyr because it's a cool name. Zephyr cool Pelling name. at Chevy Chasen. 
What's your thoughts on the Easter egg setups that went nowhere in WandaVision? For example, Dottie, the engineer, Hayward, text degrees, etc. So basically, what? how do you guys feel about the fact that there's so many red herrings? Um, um, yeah, draw. Okay, well, I think that is part of a larger thing when it comes to Marvel that not everything is a clue. Like, I, I think certain things, like, become a clue because we are actively trying to find all the information embedded in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe some of those things uh, were things to throw people off the scent. But I don't know. Like, I, I remember seeing this one article that was uh, breaking down the brilliance of uh, – marvel's like long plan of how they set up something here that pays off later and i think sometimes it's giving marvel a little too much credit like jake you presented really well in terms of just saying like things just exist in the universe and they put it there if they ever want to address it in a callback but they don't necessarily have to do it so i think exactly. what happens and what we're seeing here uh often and it's becoming a little overblown is that we'll take everything that seems like a detail and say like this is a red herring or this is a clue yeah. to something ahead yeah. not everything is i think that i think out of the examples they gave and i'm gonna let you take the floor uh stephanie see in a second but i think that out of the three examples they gave i think that they're actually all different things like all different examples of what uh, uh hayward's hex degrees i think is them look reading into stuff too much i don't think that that was a clue necessarily the engineer i think is them setting up something in the future and then Dottie, I think, actually is a red herring, but that I think functions as a red herring in regular storytelling. Like I think that right. that's kind of like that actually doesn't feel cheap because it felt like that wasn't like there's there's a reason why red herring is a term. Like it actually is a good storytelling device sometimes. Right. To and I think Dottie was a effective one of that. I but I think there, you're right with a lot of the stuff was not necessarily clues. I think the I think the engineer was a little cheap because I think that I wish that they had. I think it's I don't like just offhandedly setting up something for you know, uh, three movies on the road if it doesn't pay off at all in the story itself. But um, I think that is, I think it's a combination of everything. I don't think that it's, yeah, uh, AC. Well, you know, it's funny, like the, the uh, Dottie thing. So just a little info on that. Like if you look at all the credits at the end of the last episode, or obviously it's revealed her name is Sarah. Sarah Proctor is, there's a connection with the Salem witch trial. So the name of somebody who was who was uh involved in that back then so that was one thing that was interesting but i mean to the grander scheme in as far as like the stuff that didn't go anywhere i mean it is what it is like we've seen marvel do this before so you know to i think just the mcu stan nature of stuff does get people a little too riled up at times to a degree where like the you get the showrunner and the director like kind of backtracking on stuff even you know saying like different you know talking about the easter eggs in different terms like the aerospace engineer is um actually it's the name uh, major goodner is uh, a friend of the uh what's her name jack Schaffer? yeah is a is, is a name of a friend that she grew up with so just reading that earlier today so sometimes stuff is just put in and happens to be there i mean personally for me if i if something pays off like the white vision thing then you know cool but um for the stuff that didn't it's i don't feel like it's the end of the world i don't think it's like anything that that's crazy like in terms of storytelling um i can't remember who said this to me it, oh ryan ryan uh, shakim the dream he said this to me he says you know marvel is basically um you know, they're formulaic when you really think about it. Like, they're not, they're more straightforward than one would think, besides the they're whole, definitely like, formulaic. Oh, mystery and this is, like, a hidden thing or whatever. For the most part, they're very formulaic. So, at some point, we'll accept that. Nuts like me, don't. I'm always going to be just, like, searching well, for and, the little Easter eggs and stuff. And, you'll, but, and you're right. And the thing is, with if there's if they set up, there's, like, eight different possibilities, and you go down the rabbit hole in all of them, one of them probably will be right. And it's just like, but that doesn't mean that like, I don't know, I, like I said, I think that some of the stuff it is, like, I think it's fair to be like, why did you randomly bring up an aerospace engineer if they're not going to be in this series? Like that's, I think, I, sure. fair criticism. But some of the other stuff I don't feel that way about. Steph, how do you feel about um, the red herrings or setups that didn't fully come to fruition? 
right, kind of everyone, how y'all felt? I mean, it doesn't really necessarily make me feel away. Um, I mean, a c- couple of them, of course, are a little annoying because it'd been nice if they paid off, but like yeah. it's not the end of the world. And then to your point, like these things exist in this universe. So, um, you know, maybe for a callback later or, you know, whatever, like, because they've done this before. And also, um, what was I going to say? Crap, I forgot. I was going to say a thing and I forgot it. Well, I'll just say, and I've said this before. I had a red herring, I guess. Oh, Um, (laughs) yeah, go. Oh, um, oh, no, I was going to say that the example I always go back to, and I've said this before, but I think it's really important is that not important. That's none of this is important, but that in Spider-Man Homecoming, when Aaron Davis, who is of course the name of the Prowler and Miles Morales' uncle, says, yeah. I have a nephew that lives mm-hmm. here in this neighborhood. People are like, Oh my god, that means Miles Morales is coming. It's like, I guess so, but no, what it means is that later on they can introduce Miles Morales. Like and the way I like to think about it is it's like when you build a house, you don't build as many wall outlets as you need you build wall outlets all over and if you need to story uh, like to plug something in you have an outlet already so like that's aaron davis mentioned he has a nephew is an outlet that if they want to plug it in and add miles mouse they can but that doesn't i don't know i think it's kind of i I think it's just like you get a little spoiled as a marvel fan because you constantly get rewarded Uh Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. every time like they plant a seed it always blossoms into something so you then start thinking there are seeds everywhere and mm-hmm. you're trying to find everything that comes out of it. And, uh, and it pulls you down like some pretty crazy rabbit holes, but actually like AC, you brought up a couple of uh, examples, like when it came to like some casting names, things like that. And I think Jake, you and I can agree on that front just because we worked a bit on that. And it's just like, sometimes when you're making something, you just want to put something in for yourself for fun. Like, yeah. you, like put a fun detail, whether it's your friend, whether it's uh, something that you j- like is just an Easter egg for yourself. Like I can I say a pilot where every character's last name was a member of the 2014 jazz. So, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, like I um, like I know for things I make, like when I'm editing something, if you ask me about some of the edits I do, like I will point out like the most minute no one would ever care or think about detail but i put it in there for me yeah and uh the difference there is no one is breaking down my work like they are Mm -hmm. the marvel cinematic universe where they're looking at every piece and think like Mm -hmm. this is important so yeah so i remember the thing that i wanted to say and it's that it also didn't help them um even if they weren't necessarily trying to put all of those things in on purpose is but this is the first marvel thing we were watching Mm -hmm. after what almost yeah. a year or something like that and then it was weekly so you had a whole six days to like just mm-hmm. you think sat about things with it. <laughs> so yeah. um i feel like that's also like causing this perfect storm where it just mm-hmm. feels like they put us through the ringer for stuff that they didn't need to but it's not necessarily the case it just happened yeah, yeah. and i and i think in terms of engagement like that part of it to a degree was cool like as mm-hmm. long as I feel like you can keep it to a reasonable degree, yeah. the conversations were fun. Like yeah. we had a lot of fun with these conversations, obviously mm-hmm. talking about it with other people uh, were fun, but it's kind of like that thing where you can enjoy it. But you know, like if you're expecting like a uh, Wolverine to show up at the end of uh, WandaVision, then, you know, I mean, I don't know what to tell you at that point. Yeah. And I think that one last thing I'll add on this is that what, the, but the main lesson I took away from this is that Elizabeth Olsen grossly underestimates how big the Luke Skywalker cameo was. Because <laughs> right. if, if Pietro was that, then like, no, I'm sorry. I, I like and that. Paul Bettany was, Paul Bettany was, thought he was getting a little joke off. And then now I'll realized. be honest with you, in hindsight, <laughs> that's a funny joke. It was bad. It anyway, it, yeah. It anyway, is. so let's move on to the next question, which yes. is from our good friend Anthony O at flipant underscore remark. Do you think the last post, this is really just for AC and stuff, but do you think the last post credit scene where Wanda hears the kids while reading the dark hold is a setup for Mephisto slash nightmare? Steph, you take this one first. It could be. I feel like um, they're somewhere and they're somewhere among the multiverse of madness. So um, maybe that's an option for them to still introduce nightmare. Well, nightmare is going to be in Dr. Strange, right? That's the rumored villain. That's the one that's been talked about the most that I've heard of. More than like Mephisto was the thing that was brought up when WandaVision started, right. when we started watching it, more so than anything else because of all the devil references. But 
Nightmare I've heard since last year. So yeah, that's what I, that's the name that I remember hearing the most too. So I do believe like the twins are involved some way somehow because like they have to age them up for Young Avengers. So how are they going to like kind of go about introducing them? So I think so. Nightmare or Mephisto, somebody in here. Yeah, and then you know, in addition to that, like um, where you know, Multiverse of Madness is. Uh, what they call Marvel's first horror film, allegedly. So, you know, if it's that, then I would assume like uh, a villain like Nightmare, who's, Mm -hmm. you know, psychic energy could be a thing, you know, preying on people, preying on Doctor Strange or whatever, you know, that should be interesting. And then, of course, uh, you you mentioned the Young Avengers stuff with the kids and bringing them back and what Wanda does causing whatever uh, dimensional rift or whatever is going to happen there. So that should be interesting. Yeah. And from a completely novice and not understanding the comics point of view, just based on what I understand, Mephisto and Nightmare, I would guess that, and I think that this is, I'm trying to approach this from like making a movie for everyone type of thing that I would guess Nightmare over Mephisto only because when I think of Doctor, this is so stupid. And if this sounds dumb, just tell me. But I think of Doctor Strange as someone who deals with like cosmic and magic and stuff like that. Whereas like Mephisto is the devil. And for some reason, like I think a layman audience would be like, wait, Doctor Strange is, I guess what I'm trying to say is like Doctor Strange's magic doesn't feel like it has anything to do with Catholicism or Christianity or the devil or something like that. Whereas like Mephisto yeah. feels like the enemy of someone who is like more, I don't know, maybe I'm completely off base with that, but. Um, no, no, you're not. Um, the other thing about that, and it was kind of something that was pulling at me uh, halfway through the series when I was thinking about whether it would be Mephisto or not, was the fact that um, in China, uh, you know, any talk about devil stuff, devil worship mm-hmm. or anything like that is just like, basically, I think it's censored. Like, mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not allowed to put that stuff in, considering, you know, all the revenue that I'm sure Disney gets from there. Um, is something that you would have to think that, you know, as bold as Marvel tries to be at times, um, I'm not sure if that's one thing that they That is a very, with, very so. good question. I hadn't even thought about that. I wonder what the, because there has to be some type of way that like they could make it that like Mephisto isn't necessarily the devil himself. I don't know, but that's really a, that's a really interesting can of worms that we're not qualified to talk about. I don't think, but I do love the question. Um, uh, Thanks for the question. Ann. Yeah. Um, wow. Um, anyway, any thoughts on that drone before I move on to the next question? Um, as technically the most qualified to speak on that, although I have no opinion, uh, I'm not affected by devil stuff. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause first you get censored I, I, by I, China. I what's next? I mean, <laughs> no, um, I, I, I think, uh, I, I would have to just trust whatever AC and uh, mm-hmm. Steph say on it. Um, I think at this point, based especially on the last question, I think my fun thing I'm going to do from now on is be like, there's nothing to read into here. This is mm. just, you know, a fun scene where she's just magic. You'll, 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 you'll be more, you'll be more right than girl. not. You'll be more right than not. Is the thing. That's true. Because that most true. things, there's nothing to read into. There's nothing uh, to read into here. She just, you know, this is uh this is a setup for the craft, a uh, reimagining of the craft. Um, wow. Yeah. Also, like they could just be in another dimension, and it not be hill. Like it could just be some, you know, messed up space. So, like I I think, yeah, there are like so many different ways to look at it. I think the big thing, especially when you introduce the voices of the children, is asking yourself the question of where those voices are coming from, and that is Mm -hmm. that is less a villain question than it is like, are we finally getting the multiverse after so many fake outs? You know. Yes. Yeah, Wanda being a Nexus being would lead um, you to believe yeah. that. Yes, I am still. Thank you, Jerome. You just brought up some trauma because I am still pissed <laughs> about um, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Like, oh, I knew, <laughs> right? It was obvious that it was gonna not be a thing, and I still fell for it. Oh my god! Like I, uh, because of all the trailers and previews that we were doing leading up to it, and AC just like hammering in like. Guys, we're getting it. It's happening. It's happening. It right off the, the bat, man. You know, and like, <laughs> the funny thing was, I was not upset. It was not. No, no, I know it, you weren't I, upset. I just, yeah, I, like I was not upset when like it didn't happen. Many, like in the theater, like just imagine putting myself in your shoes in the theater at the time. Be like, yeah, <laughs> like just like fist pump. Yeah, let's do this. And then you're just like, ah, oh, all right. I, I think the multiverse fakeouts <laughs> are like the silliest ones because we know it's coming. Yeah, and and I don't know. Like, I think I'm I'm not necessarily mad at Far From Home. I'm just mad at myself for 
Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. just stupidly deciding to like go along with it, even though I knew better. I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, in yeah. retrospect, that's how I feel about Iron Man three. I mean, that's <laughs> a retrospect. I've I've now I, I brought myself to the I want to go on record to just say like most Iron yeah. Man three references like for the recent time have not actually come from me. That's which I'm pretty proud train, of. You train I a dog. Not, no offense, I, I don't mean to call you a dog, AC. But you train a dog enough times, it starts to, you know, it starts to, you know, go for walks by itself, you know? Just, <laughs> just, no, but, you know, it's mentioned now, like, in a different, as you can see, I'm very relaxed. I'm very cool and very calm yes. talking about this movie. So, yeah. no, nah, basically, like, I feel like that was the one time I got burned with it. And I feel like ever since then, I just am, I'm very cool with these things. If they don't but, happen, they don't but happen. Though, again, to like Steph's point, this is more of a, you knew, like with the Mandarin, like we all really thought it was the Mandarin. Like that was a real fake. Like yeah. with this, like all of us were, I think, skeptical going in and then we yeah. bought into it. And right, then, right, right, right. but like, Again, like mad at ourselves because we knew for sure this I mean, wasn't really the case. His name is Mysterio, and like, his name is Mysterio. You know, and I'm not, I'm not blaming good, anyone. I, I, like, I did it. like the twist. Yeah, anyway, I didn't. I, I wasn't mad yeah. at it. We yeah. can relitigate that if this at any time, <laughs> and we, I know we will because all we do is relitigate. So we we should we should yeah. actually rent a pool of when exactly the, the like I know we're, we have one that has the title like multiverse in it, but that would be the <laughs> most amazing. now now a point that someone made on Twitter, which I think is. This is not actually correct. Like, I would love not, for that to be a fake. What, what someone's point was is that, like, technically speaking, we've already seen the multiverse. I mean, what yeah, universe Dr. did they showed it? Not no, not even just that, but like what with the getting the Infinity Stones, yeah, and uh, Endgame. What was that? But it's not the multiverse. Obviously, that's not the multiverse as we imagine it. Like we imagine it, like that you could go to different universes by. We you know, magic, we've seen by. it explained theoretically, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we, um we have the possibility based on like certain actions occurring that it exists, but we have not actually seen yeah. it in effect. And like, I think we'll it, we could be living in it already in the multiverse of madness. I mean, I think that that's Loki, Loki. Oh, Loki too. Loki is yeah. already another universe. Yeah. Uh, I guess right what I'm here. trying, I guess what I think the thing people want and I want is the, the bit of like just jumping between universes, like that one family guy episode, which I don't remember why that's the first reference I thought of. Um, but you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, the next question is from Logan Stanley at LS scribe. Who do you think could possibly be Jimmy Woo's missing person in Westview, considering they never appeared on screen in WandaVision and Matt Shackman recently said in an interview that the identity of the person will be revealed in future MCU projects. Um, big shrug for me. Cause it, the, what I said before I'll toss it to you guys is, it actually could be anyone, really, because they don't give any. There's no other information other than he's a witness. So, um, AC, any ideas? Any guesses? Um, I feel like I feel like Paul Boner will return in some. Ralph capacity. Boner, I believe, is what you're the name. Oh, I, I said Paul Boner. Why was I say Paul? I don't. Oh, you know why? Because I was thinking about a Paul Bowl question that I, that mm. I had later. Shouts to Paul Bowl. Um, but yeah, Ralph Boner. I think there's a good chance that we might see him again down the line. That's what I would say about that. Um, any other guesses on who this could be? Like I said, because we all we know, all we basically know is that it's a witness. Um, you know, uh, maybe hey, maybe it's a watcher. They witness everything. I wonder if they just thought it. about that at the last minute to say because people just kept asking about it, and then they said, "We'll we'll come up with something." So we sure. just said. <laughs> I mean, if that was the case, then who? I I, I wouldn't mind that honestly. If that was the case, like it I, I would. Matter. You mentioned that, and I really do like thinking about the particular callbacks that Marvel ends up doing that for sure they didn't plan, but they just like, Oh, it's there. I guess we'll do it. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. like running through the MCU. It's like, y'all not that clever. No. I, and I, yeah, I think that that's something that I've talked about this before. People really, anytime someone like talks about stuff like that, it's like, that just tells me that you've never, I mean, obviously there probably are geniuses who sketch everything out like that, but like, anything who has anything creative like not everything is planned from the beginning and that's the beauty of serialized storytelling like the fun yeah. the fun part it's not it's actually not fun to write a something for tv or a bunch of movies if everything is planned out to begin with like you know where you're going but like it's like you can write arcs but yeah. at the same time too like yeah. for something that's lasted this long was not planned no and it shouldn't be because there are certain things they that didn't have spider-man exactly and there are certain things that they I couldn't know. do that like that you just that you have to be able to adjust on the fly, and I think so many people misunderstand how storytelling is done, or that like they think that 
Like you, it's, it's not like a building where you can, you, you can actually build it from the bottom and the top and then meet in the middle. If you write a story, you don't actually need to build it from the bottom up. Yeah, um, right. Anyway. Um, any thoughts, Steph, before we move on? No, but like, I just kind of want them to like, I want it to be like this grand character now just for shits mm. and giggles. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, is there a character that like has a particular like, amne- like something that they would need to discover something about themselves <laughs> like amnesia or anything like that that would like then they would reveal themselves as like wait something big. jason Bourne is his witness yeah yeah like a jason Bourne type situation <laughs> um it was, i mean matt damon technically is an actor he in, is in um, jimmy Woo everyone versus, is jimmy Woo matt damon returning in uh, yeah. thor love and thunder yeah, yeah. god it's gotta be so cool to be chris Hemsworth's friend and just show up <laughs> yeah. Did you guys? Did any of you guys see? And I assume the answer is no. Why would you? But Amy Poehler did an interview on Seth Meyers where she was asked what MCU character she would want to play, and she said because she was talking about how like she was joking how all everyone she knows it's yeah I'm in Australia filming four. Um, <laughs> she said that she wants to be uh, Captain Marvel's older sister Gretchen, who is just always making sure that whose like job it is to turn on the lasers. It's like hey, before you go, I'm just gonna flip on the lasers and make sure everything's working. <laughs> I like um, that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if you told me right now that there was an announcement that Amy Poehler was being flew out, flew out to do a cameo in Thor, Love and Thunder, I would actually be the opposite of surprised. I'd be a little surprised. It really if does feel like a lot of people are in that movie. Like, right. Whew, like the only thing that would keep people from day. being like in it in like bit parts is just a pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. yeah. I, 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 and I think that that's the fun thing about little bit parts like the play in Thor Ragnarok is like, I think that so many people, when they see like a casting announcement, they go like crazy and stuff. Like it's perfectly fine if Sam Neill has like two lines as fake Odin. Like that's fun. Like you don't have to be like, oh my God, how are they going to have this? No, if, if I don't if know if I Sam was Neill's, a notable yeah. actor, that is the exact oh type my. of cameo I always want to have. Of course. And also Taika Waititi has like the best reputation in Hollywood now. Brad like, Pitt I, in Deadpool too. Oh my God. Yes. You know, guy you paid $0 yes. who's only paid in a cup of coffee. Nice. Well, you know who else is in Deadpool too, by the way, Matt Damon. So... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, shouts to cameos. I'm a huge fan of cameos, um, both the app and the thing in movies. Um, anyway, I could talk about cameos forever. Uh, so, the next question is from Matt Newman at Newmanistan. Should White now? I actually don't know what the comics history on this is, but should White Vision end up with the Soul Stone? I don't think they're going to do an Ultron plot, but the Soul Stone works better than Mind at this point. What does that mean? Um, or do you not know? I don't know. That's a that's a one I I don't I yeah, don't like have a just... no go ahead Steph I was gonna say like I I don't recall but like I kind of feel like he just was vision again I don't mean like he wasn't right. the same vision but like he was just vision but without <laughs> memory I, I just think it's like... funny of all the stones to give white vision its soul mm. <laughs> yes you know what white vision <laughs> That was a layup. White Vision is now going to be played by uh, Michael McDonald of the Doobie Brothers. No, um, uh, I mean, he was powered by CMBR. That's yeah. what we know. That's what he was yeah. powered by. So mm-hmm. at that point, he has his memories, like to your point, which you said earlier. But yeah, yeah. That's, Anything... that's basically it. For him to contemplate about his past, it's really what a fool believes at this point. You You could say that, actually. You absolutely could say that. And man, does that song go. Thank you. I'm... So- after two weeks ago, when I got missed all my layups on white people music, that was big for me. Um, anyway, next question oh, from your fave MFT at Hasbro one, but it's Hasbro, but it's B R O and then capital O H, almost like the band Three O Three. Remember them? Speaking of white people, music, I do remember. Yes, um, unfortunately, yeah. I read this a few days. They they linked to an article about. Um, basically about whether or not like why Wanda doesn't care about white vision, but the questions, it just, uh, do you think that Wanda and white vision will meet again at some point? Um, Oh yeah. 100. Yeah. The answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Um, we want to talk about bad storytelling. That would be really bad storytelling. If they didn't. <laughs> yeah. He just rolled up out of there. We'll never see him again. That, mm-hmm. that would be so, and especially because Paul Bettany says he'll play this character for the rest of his life. Oh yeah. Right. As long as he can. Yeah. And, he, and he's, okay, and I joke a... all the time about how people are getting too old, but since the muscles aren't real, he can play it as long can as I, he needs can to. Can I rephrase this question to something that we yeah. might be able to? Of course. Is the first vision that Wanda sees next white vision? That's so. man. That's or is there another the type of vision in the mix that could be like, like... Mm. no just him mm. i think just honestly me. i think the answer is probably because i think that her 
arc needs to be whether not needs to be, but would likely be whether or not she can accept him and whether or not he's the same. Like I think that, that's, that's the one that makes sense of, to me, but like I just don't know if there's mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I mean, they could again, because they, you know, the MC MCU does what they do, introduce another vision, but um it would make more sense storytelling wise and kind of align with the comics if you know she meets white vision and well now he has the memories of the other vision though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like they're gonna meet up again. Cause like, why have him do a little boop on his head mm-hmm. and give him his, his right. memories <laughs> um, if they weren't, you know, planning to like? They, they didn't just that. like send him on like a retirement plan at that point. You just like <laughs> chilling on the beach. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was imagining him getting um, a spray paint job and like GTA mm-hmm. because he's got to do something. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. I'm thinking yes. more about like Need for Speed Underground situation. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. He, he he gets a spray paint job and then uh, Sword doesn't recognize him anymore, and he yeah. can drive around free. Uh, he's no, got a spoiler. I think that I think that I think the the part of your question, Jerome, saying first, I think is interesting because I would think you could do, you could even do a story where like, and this is purely spitballing and this is not going to happen probably, but like we're in the multiverse of madness. Wanda is in another dimension and she meets another vision. Who's an actual vision and has Mm -hmm. to make the choice of like, does she want, like would she want to ruin the fabric of one universe to bring her vision or is the white vision good enough, et cetera. Like that, I think that the first part is important though. Cause I think even if she does meet another vision, interesting in itself. If she does meet another vision, I think it only is interesting in comparison to the white vision. Great. All right. Um, Good question. uh, Your fave MFT. And um, the final written question I have about WandaVision um, is, uh, remember right, oh, this is from Keenan at Keenan 14. Remember right before fake Pietro knocked on the door, the sword officer said there was a breach in the hex. We assumed it was him at the time, but then we found out he was a resident. What was the breach? I've been thinking about this one for a while. Yeah, I don't know. Neither do I. This is like one of the few where I just I don't have like a I don't have like a solid concrete theory. I, I, I don't remember when I this happened. In in there, that I'm like thinking about. Yeah, I mean, it was right before be. Pietro showed up, basically. And so in okay. the story, I, I think we all just assume because we hear that there's a breach in the hex, and then we see Pietro show up on right. her doorstep, and you know, uh, what A to B we assume, but. Um, Honestly, I don't know. I, I genuinely have no idea. And um, that this is something that I don't know if we'll ever get an explanation for. Because um, it doesn't... Oh, yeah, we might not. If anything, like, it could be one of those situations where they use it as the fake out, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, what the I think hell went through the hex? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is there a monster loose? Is that what we're getting in Doctor the, Strange? The, I'm just talking. I don't the, know. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the writer in yeah, me, insert booze, uh, the writer in me is like, when I read that question, I was really nervous because the amount of times that I have left a thread where I forgot to like, when I changed an idea about something, <laughs> where it's like, oh my God, they forgot to, when they decided to make him a resident, they forgot to get rid of the line about breaching the hex, which obviously isn't true because this is Marvel, but that was definitely yeah, my yeah. first instinct was that they made a mistake. Um, but uh Yeah. Keenan, I don't, it's it's weird because the hex is gone. So mm-hmm. like the breach would, in theory, have no bearing at this point. True, true. Like even that's if that's still she, a like, good question though, because I can't you know? come up with anything suitable to answer. But right. usually I got some something. Yeah. So good question about you. Well, then, but that's the thing though. Like even if it was a red herring, what is going? I don't know. I get, let's just stop because now I feel like it's the chicken. And yeah, I really do feel like my mind is like, Whoo! yeah, like I don't, I don't think we really need to chase <laughs> no, is, that one. I mean, like, yeah. listen to our last episode turnip, and man. have them fix all the stuff that like we really wanted them to close out properly. Uh, <laughs> that's the last on our mind. Yes. Uh, and so now we come to our, uh, the only voicemail we got um, it was from Cecilia Stokes, a good friend of the show. Thank you for sending a voicemail. And she asked Thank you. this question. Yes. Hi, y'all. So I have a question, kind of like discussion topic about the MCU at large. So one of the things that I had read people are kind of suggesting, theorizing, is that the MCU is going to be doing more instead of like an entire 26 film 
saga, like they did with the Infinity Saga, there's going to be these little branches of sagas. And so I was reading that people, some people are thinking that WandaVision is the beginning of the multiverse saga, which would go WandaVision, Loki, Spider-Man 3, and then end with Doctor Strange. And I was seeing that some people were saying there would be like the space, which would have like, you know, Captain Marvel and Thor and the Eternals and the Earth kind of sagas, which will have more Black Widow and Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I was wondering first if you think that that's, you know, something that they, that Marvel might be doing, um, why or why not? And if you think it is something they might be doing, what will make that most successful? Thanks. It's a good question. It is, yeah. Um, it's a thank very you for the good question, question. Uh, Cecilia. Um, I think that, uh, but are they going to be doing that? I don't know. Do I think that'd be a good idea to do it? Yes, honestly. But AC, I want to hear what you have to say. Well, well, I mean, it, this is what is happening. The, all the things that Cecilia, you mentioned are happening. Um, the most interesting one that we don't have necessarily a good handle on yet is the, is really, which we'll start to see with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Black Widow is the stuff behind what's happening with those films because uh, Kevin Feige said uh, doing it and doing press and doing interviews for Falcon and the Winter Soldier is that Falcon and the Winter Soldier sets up three different um, arcs of different things going on. Uh, we have the subset of the Young Avengers being set up that we kind of already know that these characters, these kids are going to be appearing in like almost every film on their own. So that just spreads across everything so you'll see somebody in doctor strange who will be a thing you'll see somebody in falcon and the winter soldier who's going to be a thing you may see two people who are going to be a thing in falcon and the winter soldier uh for the future so you have that and and when you think about like uh thor thor and captain marvel allegedly brie larson might be filming a cameo for thor love and thunder so that's another thing that's kind of out there um, you got that, and then yeah, you mentioned the Etern- I feel like the Eternals is like its own thing. It's definitely going to be its own thing at the start. They're going to just be separated from everybody, um, at least initially, because I think those characters and kind of the way that it's been touted, this film is kind of almost like a grand. Uh, a, I mean, it deserves its own grand stage. I I'm just gonna call a shot here that you can clip out. I think the Eternals. Is in my, I don't think people in the MCU are going to consider it, but I'm going to bet, I would bet a lot of money that The Eternals is the most critically acclaimed MCU movie ever when it comes out. Whether or not it's the best one. I've heard a lot of buzz. I mean, one, because the person. What? Because I said that would be hilarious because The Eternals are like the very born version of the new guys. Mm Because that was like, you know, Jack Kirby's. Yeah. Okay, here you go. But I mean, I hope that's the case, but it would just be really hilarious. I think it's less to do with the characters and more to the fact that like, I just cannot emphasize, I can't recommend an MCU podcast listening based to watch Nomadland because it's an incredibly quiet, small film, but there's no, that's Chloe Zhao who wrote and directed The Eternals is, that's her film that's going to win Best Picture and she's going to win Best Director for almost certainly. And like, there's just no film made by someone who's basically any director that's ever made an MCU movie, no movie they had made before they directed an MCU movie is as good as that is. <laughs> so like mm. that, and it's also good in a way that I, I'm just fascinated to see how this could be. Anyway, sorry, since a side note, calling a shot. Though. So, so I wanted to use this since we mentioned the Eternals as an opportunity to uh, doubly answer questions here, because one of them uh, from Niku mystery shouts to Niku um, he was asking, like, what what do we know about the Eternals, like who they are? Steph, you described this to us like two years ago, but just if you could give us like maybe like a 30 to 45 second refresher on, on, on them. So if you're familiar with any DC characters, they are like kind of a diluted to a degree um, new guts. Because this mm-hmm. was these are like Jack Kirby characters that he just can pretty much copy and paste over to Marvel. Um, but giving them kind of like the scraps. Uh, they are, 
you know, almighty beings. Uh, they're right up there with um, some of the celestial beings or whatever. So, yeah, like they have their own, they're like light years ahead. Like if the Phoenix Force came around, they'd probably be able to handle it. They're powerful. That way. They're really, really powerful people. Um, yes. Um, so if they're... So what you're saying is since they're light years ahead, Jerome, you can confirm this. They're like the Golden State Warriors, of course, of the MCU, right? <laughs> uh, barring injuries. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> no, uh, to the original question, um, I think I think it needs to go that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what you successfully did with the Infinity Saga is you built out this gigantic universe of characters and spaces um and different types of movies to the point that like you the scale is too big to go back to have this like one controlled saga that like plugs into every piece at that point and i think you want to do it and i'll lean on uh staff and ac more the idea of now you actually developed your on-screen version of marvel comics so let everyone have their own stories. Let them breathe out. They can connect at certain points, but you don't necessarily have to make this like overarching thing that like plugs things every there. Like things connect because they all exist in the same universe. They don't mm-hmm. have to connect because of something like that is controlling and like pushing the larger plot forward. And when you get to a point of an Avengers, like it's more now, in my opinion, like event, um, like an event yeah. than it is some part of the story the way it was with Thanos and with the Infinity Gauntlet, but like something larger that like will bring them together as opposed to something that like has been building in each little bit. Now, I think they probably will still do that just because of the way they work, but I wouldn't be mad if they kind of really started branching and having their own spaces because they can afford to do that now. And I think, Mm -hmm. I honestly think the material benefits from not having to live under that, like that they can like really breathe and exist in their own things. And in the kind of way that, um, I mean, there's going to be so much Marvel out there. I'm pretty sure I'm going to watch all of it. But, you know, I'm even feeling it coming out of WandaVision to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, my level of excitement for different things, depending on where it's referring to, is going to be different, even though it's all Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just think Have anything that... to add on this stuff? Oh, oh sorry, sir. No, I was just going to agree. Like, um, since WandaVision, like, my excitement for everything to come after it is just up a notch because, like... I don't know, like they've shown that they're willing to do something different. Um, And that means that we will hopefully get different because they've also been hiring a lot of indie, I guess, quote unquote, indie directors, Chloe, uh, Nia DaCosta. Mm -hmm. So I I just feel like the future is headed in a positive direction. And and it can only go up from here. And the thing I was going to add is that I think that they should pursue them going into like different spheres or just like doing their own things. And that I think just makes it all the more richer if they ever decide to have them all team up again, because what makes a team up story interesting is the length that need to happen in order for the team up to happen. Like, I feel like if they were to be making them like, if they're at make, all of these new individual movies with exactly how they're all going to come back together in mind, I feel like you could tell. You'd be able to tell that, you know what I mean? Like yep. it just, it would feel contrived where it's like, I want to know what's interesting about these stories for certain characters be- on those characters' terms. Not- and a lot of them are already connected because they already exactly. did go yeah, through and- Infinity War and it. Yeah. Exactly. And also it's like, I think people, I think there's a lot of revisionist history of how much, um, obviously they always knew they were going to have the Infinity, it was going to go to, Thanos and the Infinity Saga, etc. But like, I think there's a lot of history about how each individual decision in the movies was made. Like, I guarantee you that a majority of decisions made on any given phase one or two or three movie, most of the decisions in making each of those movies didn't have the Infinity Saga in mind. Like, no, uh, no, no. And and I think that that's important. That it's more about the individual characters. And then like, Marvel has. talented writers you can just if you just throw all the characters across the board like a board game they'll be able to get them all back together if they need you like it's not you know yeah like i think they got way better at it like later on but yeah you look at you know the ways that we argue for ultron or we argue for dark world like a lot of their values who's arguing for dark world uh, jason kirk thank you very much a guest on our show he's a nice guy oh yeah you know how often you'll hear someone make an argument about how essential mm-hmm. 
a movie mm-hmm. is because of what they put yeah. in. Like to me, um, what Marvel has done really well is they've leaned more to like, we're just going to make a good movie. Yeah. 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 Smaller arcs, smaller arcs in some ways are, are much better. Like, and I think this is what they're using the Disney plus shows to do yeah. is kind of like allow the shows to be a conduit to the films but not to the degree where everybody needs to come back and we need to, you know, fight Galactus or something. Yeah, right. It'll be a fun flex on DC too to show them that they can succeed doing it the other way. Oh, yeah, man. Shouts to that. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's, we're going to move on to our final segment of the show. I'm going to toss it to AC, who's going to be hosting our Falcon Winter Soldier podcast. Although hosting is in this show is really arbitrary. It's just who yeah. asks the questions. But uh, AC has some Falcon Winter Soldier questions from fans, and he has a question for, uh, from himself to Steph. So take it over, oh, AC. Listen, um, so in terms of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, here's kind of like I just kind of like want to set this up for uh, what we know. This takes place six months after Endgame. Um and we will be seeing uh, what happens after the fact with Sam and Bucky and how they both are living in this this post-snap world. And then on top of that, we're bringing back Sharon Carter. Uh, we're bringing back Zemo, who, as we know in Civil War, basically broke the Avengers apart without having to lay a hand on any of them. So I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff there and a lot of potential uh for things to happen um i know i personally uh wanted to talk to to steph and ask her a couple of questions about some of the the characters and people that are showing up in this um you wrote an article steph about john walker uh, aka u.s agent um he will be the, the new captain america the the government tool captain america um Tell us a little bit about John Walker and what do you find interesting about him in this series? Um, I just want to know, so when John Walker was like introduced into the Marvel comics, it was because of a couple things. Um, leading up into his introduction, Pat actually kills somebody with a gun, like he actually shoots someone as a terror- terrorist or whatever. And the commission board that is over um, superhuman abilities or whatever is questioning him and if he can still uphold what they feel the shield means um, and at the same time like Steve Rogers is also questioning this because he had to use a gun um, so Mark uh, Grunwald brought in John Walker one for uh, to boost comic sales and then also because he had Cap shoot someone like people were starting to associate Cap and wanting him to lean more into like a Punisher type of character and mm-hmm. he didn't want that so it just worked out storyline wise for him to introduce John Walker as this villainous patriot or whatever like this guy who was like a, a dog whistle dressed in a flag um he has ideals that are you know nationalist ideals he definitely would have stormed the capital like john walker is just mm-hmm. this irredeemable jackass mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like uh, and it's funny though because william burnside exists um and was capped for a quick second and he was like racist for real so um i want to know like what john walker like how he will exist with Sam. I know like when um, Sam gets the shield, like John originally is gonna like take it, but ends up siding with the group that are reluctantly working with Sam at some point. So like, mm-hmm. I just wanna know how it's gonna work because you know, Sam and Steve aren't interchangeable for obvious reasons. So yeah. um, like, do you really need this type of character to like, juxtapose against a black man you get what i'm saying like it's different because yeah steve is like this northerner and for mark is like you know your ultra liberal lofty ideas and then john walker is from um somewhere in georgia so like playing the whole like only white people who are racist live in the south that's not true that's not true but like playing into yeah. that and it works it doesn't work in yeah, I'm, sense. no i'm I'm excited for this for this character just because like and you and I covered it uh, when we did Spectacular Spider-Man and the whole immigrant element of that and how John Walker was and how 
all of the people were just like scared of him and and him you know being able to use the super soldier serum in the or the way that however the government experiments on him to give him his abilities um how he's going to use them here um should be interesting like i know one of the things that both uh, the director and the uh, showrunner Ma- uh, Malcolm Spellman talked about was that like in terms of not only Walker and the government and propaganda, they also talked about Zemo and Zemo I find incredibly fascinating. We not only get to see him in his mask, but he's like, what is his motivation now that before he had achieved his goal in civil war is separating the Avengers. But now um, as we hear in the trailer, he goes, I don't want any superheroes. We don't need no superheroes. And I think one of the things that they talked about was basically like this is a world where, you know, after the snap, like in Spider-Man Far From Home, we see everybody like kind of happy to see each other, hugs, you know, families getting back together. Now, like all of that's set aside what is the world look like five years later and how do people feel about Avengers and superheroes in general? And they're not keen on it because of all this stuff that happened in space that caused people to disappear for mm-hmm. five years and then everything's kind of on its head. So um, I'll ask you guys, uh, Jake and Jerome, uh, Jake, you first. Uh, what, do you, what do you think in terms of this series that you're looking out for? And particularly after WandaVision, how do you juxtapose your expectations going into that? Well, first, I just want to say, I think the casting of Wyatt Russell as John Walker is spot on because Mm -hmm. I think that Wyatt Russell is, if you were to ask, you know how, I hate to bring this guy up, but you know how like the stereotype people, the thing everyone always said that Donald Trump always said was that he only cared if someone looked the part, like he wanted a a secretary of defense who looked like a secretary of defense, you know? Yeah. Wyatt Russell look all he had his only qualification for being a superhero is that he looks the part and that's not to disparage him but like he just has never really shown a lot of personality on screen <laughs> and like once again he's probably a nice guy you know his crease Kurt Russell son Kurt Russell seems like a nice guy but like I, like him I think he's really street. that's true yeah but he also is playing a dumb jock in that yep. you know and I think that like he is perfect where it's like who would you cast if you just wanted a guy who looked who like was like all American blue blooded superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's perfect. Um, what I'm looking forward to in the show, honestly, more than anything, is not the Zemo stuff, not the John Walker stuff so much. I believe I'm just looking forward to the buddy cop stuff because I think that that is something that I think we've gotten tastes of in the MCU, but really haven't had like a whole yeah. uh, just buddy cop everything type thing. from the backseat of Civil War when they're both yeah. stuck there. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, anytime, and I think that it's really just one of those things where you can just tell the chemistry that Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie have is like legitimately, legitimately good. And I think that just watching them play is what, because I think this show is going to do a lot of really cool things. But the thing that I think that this show will do has the potential of doing better than everything else is that. And so I'm really looking forward to that interplay. Um. Yeah, no, definitely the buddy cop stuff is what i'm really into and just more so coming off of wandavision i just need a break and i think falcon and the winter soldier is gonna be or i'm really hoping it is more lighthearted fare that gives me a break where i can just kind of enjoy it have some good action um i think to a degree it's gonna be grounded uh just definitely relative to like i think there's gonna be a lot less magic in this one which would be good (laughs) um but Uh, And and maybe we don't know. I mean, magic's everywhere at this point. Uh, So uh, one thing like watching the trailers and even just thinking about the character, like I'm, I've never been a big Falcon fan in any way. Like he, like he's fine. And just, Mm -hmm. he does, doesn't do anything crazy for me, but visually in action, Falcon is Mm -hmm. one of the most like visually pleasing uh characters just the way the wings work how he flows uh through the air it's it's got like a it's almost like a ballet of sorts just like how graceful it is Mm -hmm. and i i really am looking forward to seeing the choreography built around that because honestly i find it more aesthetically pleasing than like if we're talking about flying suits uh than like iron man type stuff like iron man stuff is really Mm -hmm. cool because you know 
it's just there's so many gadgets and so many different things yeah. but i think just like watching it uh and the way that you really see because it's not encompassing his whole body the way you see uh sam like you know bend in the air crouch kick out move flips yeah. turn around like i think that kind of stuff um i think it's just gonna be really cool to see that yeah, for sure. Carrie Skoglin, the director of this, uh, talked about how visually she wanted to continue to capture the uh, Captain America Winter Soldier vibe in terms of the fight scenes. You can um, see the it. The trailer shows a lot of the uh, the physicality. It looks, you know, action-packed. From what I've heard about the first episode, it is very action-packed. Like, they, they come right out the gate jumping, so that should be interesting, uh, for, interesting for sure. Uh, Stephanie, in terms of your expectations for this series, um, we've talked about how how Sam Wilson isn't really the greatest written character in comic book lore. Uh, your feelings for Anthony Mackie have been heard on this show, so we know you're not a big fan there. Um, but as far as like what you're looking for in this series, uh, wh what do you think? What are your thoughts? Um, I want them to just lean into the buddy cop thing and have some fun and leave it at that like i really like i really don't need them to like go any deeper i don't need them to like you know like marvel could just be fun sometimes yes like just yeah, for yeah. this particular series like let them just be fun because i don't know like i just don't see this necessarily going in the direction that they keep trying to build it to be like this mm -hmm. social justice thing, and it's. I just um, like you I just don't, don't have care. to have prominent black characters and have to be all about how they're black. Exactly, well, and that's the right. problem, right? I mean, that's the thing, right there. Just being very honest, like you don't, you you really don't have to, but it also is kind of complicated because of what the Captain America uh, mantle means symbolically. Right. Um, and that's why I feel like the introduction of John Walker, they're going to try to incorporate that in a way, um, the same way, same way Mark did, the same way I believe Christopher Priest is doing right now in U.S. Um, U.S. Asian and just like this distinct, distinguishing like who's in the suit is what makes the suit, not the other way around, which is like very obvious or at least should be. But yeah, then again, um, with the introduction of John Walker for a lot of readers that were fans of Captain America, maybe for them like that came through like, oh, so, you know, Steve is Steve, not because of the uh, uniform. But God, I just I don't want to have these discussions on the timeline. I just want them to like I want stuff to explode. I want, I want Falcon flying yeah. all over the place. Um, Zemo, you know, being messy and whoever, yes. that, whoever that young lady is doing some kickflips, that's all I want. I, you know what? Yeah. I, I, I didn't even like lean into him, but like I actually want to see Bucky be the Winter Soldier too. Like mm -hmm. I kind of almost feel like it got lost for a while that this is also a super soldier. Like this is a Captain America level like character. He's on the bootleg the stuff though. Movie. He's on right. the bootleg super serum though. <laughs> right, 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 right. But like, no, I, I think um, not like, cause even in civil war, he doesn't feel as powerful, even though he obviously I... is, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And and so, like, kind of similar to, not to the extent, like, I, Vision just got a rough run through Infinity War, just, like, getting stabbed off the start and, like, playing injured the whole time. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think there's a chance, like, there are a lot of Sebastian Stan stands, so I think that hasn't changed, and I think they're going to carry those in. Um, I wouldn't say I was ever particularly high on him uh, as, like, a character, uh, but I think similar to like how I've like really come around on vision from WandaVision, like I'm hoping to have a similar experience with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing with Sebastian Stan, um, it, like as far as just a, a character for me, like when I, when I think about it, Jerome, you hit the point on the head because I've been thinking about this too, in terms of like, he was just so devastatingly violent in A Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, they did a little bit of a civil war when Steve showed up and they were fighting the guards yeah. or whatever. 
Uh, but you know, it wasn't to that like wild degree. It wasn't to that like very just like yeah, menacing almost to a to a degree. So I kind of want to see that again. And um, yeah, with Sam, like to Stephanie's point, as far as the whole you know racial aspect, it's I, I saw Sebastian Stan make a comment last week. It's like, oh, you know, this kind of might reflect real life, like uh, people storming mm-hmm. the Capitol. And I was like, whoa, what? But like, no. What? We- I don't, don't want to like, see that. I don't want to see that in the MCU. Like, I mean, look, I get it, right? Yeah. Comics reflect. I'm I'm the biggest person in saying that comics are political and that they reflect real life. But I don't want to see that shit on my screen. Like, don't. Like, we just. But we're like. I mean, it's like it's reflect. It's not reenact. Yes. And obviously right. that. Let's this do was that. Fi- yeah. And obviously this was filmed two years prior and last year too. So like, I don't think it's, you know, obviously doing I, I that. Just, I've said it before, but I think that they're, I think while there's going to be some of that stuff, I think that they're, it's, they're overblowing it. I, if I take a they guess are. based on, I think that there probably will be some stuff that's too on the nose and annoying, but I think for the most part, they're emphasizing that stuff because they think it's the right thing to say and it, whatever. Like that's, it, they it do mean, that with everything. It means a lot to people not mm-hmm. on this call and it will... Yeah gain the right buzz for the people that need to see it. As long as we don't see it actually executed the way to describe, I think it won't be a problem. Yeah, right. I, I, well, I get what would make someone, yeah. what would make Sebastian Stan say that. Like, I don't think he's right, but I understand that that's what you say when people ask, like, how how is your show reacting to today's moments? Like, you say shit. I don't know. It's, uh, that's right. Okay. That's a whole other podcast so, we can go into. <laughs> right, right. And so, like, I, I was wondering, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Um, Sharon Carter's back in this series, and uh, Emily Van Camp, she's back in in her own element. We'll see what they do with her. Um, I was thinking about her character and just the relationship with Steve and Steve's relationship with her with with her aunt, and. Not enough people talked about how kind of wild that was. What what no, did you guys make it. of it? Uh, Steph, 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 talk about it. <laughs> but, you know, if they wanted to make, um, you know, Captain America, Steve Rogers into the future, they just should have said so. Um, but instead of two sisters, two twin sisters, it's an aunt and her grandniece. And I just, for what reason? It's just nasty. And then he went to go see. <laughs> he went to go see. Was like, doesn't he visit um Peggy in, in the Winter Soldier? He does. Yeah. Yes. And she's like on her deathbed, and he just he's like, just making not, sure. He's just making sure. And then <laughs> to do all of that, and then make the conscious choice to go back in time and be with her knowing that she obviously was with someone and had a child who had another child, which is now like, or is related. Y'all are related in some way. So, Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. uh, When it comes to Captain America and the Carters, uh, like the album says, everything is love. (laughs) You know what? That is it. We can actually wrap the podcast up. That was, I don't yeah, even, no one's talking about it. Yeah, I think we're good. AC, do you have anything else? Oh my gosh. Um, um, <laughs> Jerome. Oh man, you're the best. Um, I, Okay, so I'll, I'll do. Well, here, I have a question. Oh wait, I think we kind of like lost yeah, our Yeah, I think we lost AC. Yeah, AC, you just completely cut out. Um. But uh, <laughs> pass the torch back. Yeah, Jake. I guess yes. Uh, AC, while you work that your issues out, um, you know, uh, I think that that's all we got. Unless he's got something else. Um, uh, yup, he just texted. I just froze. Um, <laughs> that joke really actually sent him. Yeah, literally uh, sent him. Yep. Um, so I'm gonna wrap it up now, uh, and I want to thank Jerome Chang. Jerome, where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me at Black Dragon Roll. And Steph, Steph, thank you so much for coming on. Please, everyone read her article about John Walker and everything she writes. But where can people find your stuff? Uh, you can find me at S, um, wow, at Steph underscore I underscore Will. Um, I got another thing coming out about Battlestar uh, because they gave John Walker a black friend, just like Steve Rogers, you know. Oh, wow. And wow. as uh, we're still talking, AC's rejoining the chat just so he can AC uh, you're connected to audio and you're back AC. I'm just wrapping up. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, you can find me 
as as Jerome was so funny that he knocked me out of the Zoom call. Um, Anthony Canton underscore three on Twitter. Um, check out my work at murphsmultiverse.com. I'll be covering this series in depth. Um, I have pieces on everybody that's been coming back. Uh, Zemo, Sharon, uh, Bucky and Sam uh, over the over this week. And then I'll be doing recaps for the show. So you can check out my work there as well. And you can follow me at the Jay Christie. Listen to my other podcast, Go Funk and Strictly Monk, in which I talk about the USA Network original series, Monk with Andre Barrera. And just keep listening to this show. We're going to be doing Falcon and the Winter Soldier recaps uh, every week. And, um, you know, rate, subscribe, tell your friends. I, you know, Demo. Snyder Cut's this Thursday? What? Snyder Cut is this Thursday? In it two is. Days? Yeah, it, we're not going to do it. It's literally Thursday. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm not. I'm going to watch it, but, man. The thing is, if it's not really bad, Yo, I'll come that's on actually a, I'll not come good. Do a bonus, I'll come do a bonus episode. If, I, either I, if, it's, I, yeah. if it's really bad, let's then bonus commit episode. to it. If it's yes, really good, bonus episode. Either it's, but I think, it's, I think it's just going to be fine, which is the worst possible outcome. Not, not to jack which our good friends that counted dings, it. but you know, let's put a cinephobe type of uh, restriction on whether or not we do a pod on this episode. Yeah, I think we'll know. It's I We'll know. If we have to ask, should we do it? Then the answer is no. But I think right. that we will know. Um, yeah. Steph, how do you feel about the Snyder Cut? Let me just ask real quick. How do you feel about it? You know, another <laughs> two hours. It's a four and a half. Like, are you kidding me? Also, I, I mean, with all due respect to the situation and like why he had to yes. leave, yes, I completely yes. understand it. Of and course. from a creator standpoint, I am happy he's able to like get his version out there. That aside, all of this extra that everyone is doing, I'm like, it's the same movie with some extras, y'all. It's it's not going to improve the movie. It's just going to make it longer and just more drawn out. It, it's get- the same type of rationalization you make when you ask if you should get back with your ex. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow, you are really on fire today. Yeah. This is really jam. Like, it's hitting all these buckets. Yeah. Getting buckets today, Jerome. Yep. So right. we'll be t- we'll talk about the Snyder Cut if it's worth talking about. But if not, we'll talk to you next week as we talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I've been Jay Christie for Jerome Chang, Anthony Cantor III, and Steffi Williams. Talk to you guys later. Bye.